Well, it's been a long time. A I'm long, just, long time. I'm just a girl sitting in front of a podcast computer asking for you to skip it to edit itself. <laughs> Here's the thing. First, um, first and foremost, welcome. Yeah, welcome to the Transcontinental Tea. In case you've forgotten, um, we are your friendly neighborhood podcast and we have dreams of being consistent. We even have goals sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but those dreams and goals are often cut short and, you know, just completely demolished by our schedules as well as by our busy lives, as well as by the fact that I really don't like people. Um, and I interact with them a lot. And so to recover from all that, I need time where I don't interact with people, even people I like. And here we are once again, asking you for patience. Uh, we don't want to give up the dream. You know, we don't want to give up the ghost. We love the pod. We love the team. Um, those three of you that are still out there, big fist in the air for you. Thank you so much. You know, you're number one, you're number ones, you're number threes. <laughs> You are single digits unto yourselves. <laughs> you are unique and equidistant single digits that have varied values, but are all special to us. They're, they're, they're all open to you. Pick one. Gemstones! No <laughs> <laughs> um, more girls will get that. So Gigi's will understand. But the Gilmores out there will know. You could say that our drolls our dreams and our goals are indeed <laughs> important to us. And it, try draw, try draw, Michelle. <laughs> That's Hannah's been watching rewatching Gilmore Girls. If you guys can't tell, <laughs> like I just want to annual rewatch. So like it's not time yet for me because I just watched it before I moved over. But Hannah's like in the midst of her like rewatch season of her life and. So you're just bound from, it's going to come from both sides. So, you know, just roll with the punches guys. So anyway, we digress because we forget a lot. Um, we are, as Hannah said, the transcontinental T. I would be Emma. I am Hannah. And currently Emma is coming to you live from Deutschland. She yeah. is in Germany with the Germans and she's there for some training. It's going to be great. So strange is they all have Copenhagen accents. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I feel like they don't. <laughs> I feel like they have German accents. Yeah, so the, oh my gosh. Okay. It's funny because when we were in Copenhagen, everyone had a German accent because that's all we could do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I got it. I was just Where messing you? with you. So, about my choke. So, team, here's the deal. We, the trusty board of the Transcontinental Tea, have come up with some ideas. We've got some marketing content to come your way. We don't, um, we, but we do have ideas. Um, and basically it's gonna involve a slight reformat of how we do what we do so that we can one, maximize your time and two, maximize our time so that we can get actual content to you on a regular basis. Mm. Um, so what that's gonna look like practically for those of you who are kind of OGs, you've been around for a while and um, our tea of the week, is going to be the chit chat section. Um, we'll still obviously talk about what's going on in our weeks, um, but as most of you will know, we never really had that much going on because we are loners. That's right. We don't like other people and we don't go out. So 
there's not a lot that usually happens um, in our weeks. And, you know, so instead of just saying not much you, we're going to try to repurpose that. Um, so the rest of the, the tea will be spilt in normal progression. Um, don't worry about any of our fabulous celeb guests. They will still be here. Um, but that's kind of the, the rebrand, you know, like transcontinental. Ooh, it doesn't make sense anymore because you guys are in the same continent. Not really. I'm on an Island. What? <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's forget meat without feet. We just really thought it would be better <laughs> if we sort of just like took a step back from two of the week, because like Hannah said, not super into the socializing we are. So, no. So with that being said, because we will go off on a tangent if we allow ourselves to. We really will. We will just start chatting. (laughs) We're going to roll right into this. Let's do it. Okay. Here we are. We're in the chit chat section now and all the uh, expectation of coming up with a great story of what's been going on is gone. So here's the deal. I have been measuring my stress. Um, and apparently what I've learned from this is I'm only not stressed when I'm sleeping. Okay. So <laughs> um, we did, my company sent me to a leadership course, which is really nice and really fun. Um, and it was put on by Olympic athletes. And so, well, one was an Olympic athlete, one was an Olympic coach. Anyway, okay. so they have a lot of philosophies around how best to kind of maximize your performance at work, how to lead a team and how to coach and, and lots of stuff like that. Um, so one of the things that they talked about a lot was your heart rate and how the variations in it can show you if you're in not like not good stress, negative stress or positive stress that you can basically you're, you're in kind of active recovery mode. You're doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, they gave us these heart monitors and as per usual, I procrastinated about three and a half weeks before I put it on. Um, and I was like, well, I'll just measure Friday at work and then I'll measure the weekend and then great, cool. I'll be so stress-free on the weekend. So it'll be really obvious like contrast. And there were some highs and lows at work. Um, you know, some red, uh, which is the negative stress, but literally my whole day Saturday, I got beautiful sleep, big green sleep. Okay. And then my whole chart on Saturday was red. And the whole day Saturday, I was thinking about the fact that I had to go to a team barbecue. Um, (laughs) And that for me is like sticking needles in my eyes because the only thing I hate more than socializing with people I don't want to socialize with is being being like super necessary because I can't get out of it, you know? Because like normally if I don't want to socialize with people, I'll just be like, oh, I don't want to go, whatever, move on. No, no, um, this is for my team, so I have to do it. So literally, my husband and I went to breakfast and I was at brunch at one of my favorite brunch places and I was red. I'm like, what? And then we went antique shopping and we got really cute stuff, red, sorry. And then I went home and got ready for the barbecue and went to the barbecue. And just like Taylor Swift said, it was red. Okay. So literally the whole day was red. I had a brief period this morning when I was watching reality TV where it was green. And after that, red. So 
all that to say, I apparently am going to drop dead of stress any day now. So write a really funny eulogy for me. Um, she did her best is what I'd like on my tombstone. For sure. sure. Um, she was just doing her best. You know, I would do that, but I know what it would be. And I'm not interested in any like secondary <laughs> um, feedback right now. I'm just not. Like for me, it's just. Red, ha, ha, ha. So one thing we should tell the team is number one, you're in a flourishing relationship. Um, and number two, that you have kind of a cute story slash cringy story slash really weird story as to how we will be referring to said human. Okay. Um, I honestly don't know that he would want me to tell people how the nickname came about because he's such a private individual. He's like really uncomfortable with the idea of people that don't know him knowing things about him. So I will just give the nickname and I'm going to let you guys extrapolate and make up your own determinations of why I call him this. But um, the nickname henceforth shall be known as Milk. And you didn't hear it wrong. There's nothing dirty about it. So stop that. I know I can feel it. Quit it. Not from Hannah. No one was doing that. I'm like, no one was doing that. That's gross. Um, so it's funny because I was listening to a different podcast <gasps> um, ages ago. <laughs> I was listening to a different podcast ages ago. And the girl on it was talking about her partner, who she called 95P. Um, and she kept calling this person 95P the whole time they were dating. And I thought it was going to be the girl who she's been best friends with for ages, that there's a lot of like suspicion that she was dating because she didn't use pronouns. Um, So she would just say 95 P this 95 P that herself didn't use pronouns. She was like, I'm pronounless. I was like, no, no, no. I mean like when she was referring to her partner, she would always say like 95 P and this backstory was that um, she, when asked how sure are you that you're with the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life? Like, how certain are you? Because you've kind of had commitment issues in the past, you know, whatever. She said, I'm 95% sure. So oh, 95p. Wow. Hold on one second. So, I yeah. I'm personally like 150% sure that things are going to go really well and maintain their wellness. So that's just me. Um, yes. Be happy in the MFB's corner. Um, the bees have settled. The queen has, I'm not going to ever say I found a king because I think it's the most cringy thing ever, but you know what I'm saying? But like the queen is chill. She's like, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm content. I'm good. But one of those workers got promoted. He's a vice president now and he's doing pretty well. Really good job. Good job. So what else? Um, okay. I found something out that blew my mind. Okay. Okay, maybe you already know this, but I, I can tell you, Emma did not. This girl named Emma Brene Cassidy did not know. She didn't. So it was that in the movie, the original Disney movie, Snow White, the implication at right. the end is that Snow White is dead. I'm trying to think of the ending of Snow White. I haven't seen it in a hundred years. So the prince comes, finds her in the glass coffin, kisses her, right? yay last scene is him like she's on a horse and she's being led by the prince the horse is being led rather and she's on the horse to a kingdom that is surrounded by clouds 
which could imply uh-huh. a castle in the sky, so to speak. Yeah. And the idea is that the prince is death. Okay. And or a second theory is that the prince also died from the poison on her lips. This feels really meta for Snow White. <laughs> this feels very OTT. Um, other thing that I would say is I just saw... So for those of you who don't know, I previously dabbled in TikTok. I was like not a huge fan. Um, I am now a shareholder apparently because I am on TikTok a lot. And the reason I think that I've done a 180 in terms of TikTok is that I have perfected my own algorithm to the point that I enjoy it, but it's not good enough yet to where I get lost for hours. Mm -hmm. So I'm in for like 30 minutes and then I'm out or like I'm in for like an hour and then I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not there for like a day. Um, but what that means is that my friends get these little TikTok newsletters. Um, and so Emma will awaken to like 13 TikTok videos. Um, so anyway, I digressed a bit, but to make this point, I was on TikTok and I saw a Snow White video that this made me think of. And it was, it was the funniest thing. It was, um, if Snow White had a Nigerian cast and so, hang on, I just, I have to play it because otherwise I'm pretty sure that will be like cultural appropriation. It won't be a great look for our brand new formatted podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Wait, wait for it. Won't take long. Okay, okay. It's not very recently. Hang on. Don't move. Nobody moves. So I found it and I had to do some forensic accounting, but we got there. So the scene for you, let me paint you a picture with words. This is where Snow White is running from the prince and she runs into the cabin in the woods because she doesn't know who he is and she's absolutely terrified as she would be. Um, so it said, if Nigerian actors were on Disney and I will let you listen to it. Okay. <laughs> Hannah's holding the phone up, like expectantly looking at my expression, like, isn't this hilarious? And then she remembered that she has AirPods in. So I'm sitting, like, waiting for it to start. I didn't hear anything you just said because it was still connected to a stupid ass thing. <laughs> um, hang on. I still can't hear you. <laughs> I don't know why, but I can't. Can you hear me now? I've always been able to hear you. It's great for you. Um, so I guess we'll have to edit this portion. Great. <laughs> All right. So Snow White, she's in the woods. She's running from the prince. Okay. Okay. I'm there. Scene set. Ready? I'm okay. running <laughs> why that audio is so versatile oh it's so good um so anyway that was a lot that was much ado about nothing um it was really just a side point that i had seen a funny snow white video yeah. uh recently so i don't think she dies at the end but equally i am probably wrong but i'm not going to change my opinion and that's my right 
Um, the other thing that I honestly, like, I think my brain is made of Swiss cheese. Like every time I have a thought now, there's like a 50, 50 chance. It's just like <laughs> gone. Um, <Okay>. so <laughs> just go on with whatever you were going to say. What were you going <laughs> to come back? I don't know. It'll come back to me at some point, but I'm just elderly now. Okay. Um, my only other thought for the chit chatty portion is that I don't know. I, I wrote this down at some point. I don't know where I got it. I think I saw it somewhere, but I'm, I'm forming a petition. Here's, here's what it says. Okay. I want to change the official moniker of personal email as a, a title. Like, Oh, it's my personal email. No. Here's what I want. Me mail. Okay, it's better than what I thought it was gonna be. What did you think it was gonna be? A mail or something? I don't know, like P mail. No, 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 no. Me mail. But also, like, I'm worried. That's my me mail. <laughs> That's my me mail again. Is that your work mail? No, it's my me mail. <laughs> That's what I said. No, 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 no. My me mail. <laughs> Oh, that's another good thing I've seen. Um, hilarious videos going around about millennial signatures for your work email. And the sign-offs are classic. They're like, yours truly till 5 p.m., Cheryl. I'm just doing my best, <laughs> oh, Janine. They're so funny. I wonder if I can Still get surviving, Kevin. <laughs> um, so I saw one like, what is love? Aaron or something like that. Yeah. Just like real, I, I'm like. XOXO, Gossip Girl. I'm like, I wonder if I can get away with that. Probably not, but like, I'd like to sneak it in sometime and see if people like notice that I've done it. Oh, the best one was, if you have any issues, please don't hesitate to fix it yourself. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> you have any issues? Sucks. <laughs> so um, I think we should probably get into our actual sippage for this yeah. week mm -hmm. and emma has picked a cracking topic for us yeah, and why don't you give a little a little intro um and then we will leave dickensian england and we will <laughs> continue our podcast you know what i mean um sure so so listen i have been guilty of this myself i'll tell you that right now i have and Khloe Kardashian definitely has because she's got a whole show for it. But here's the thing about revenge bodies. Um, I disagree with them. And there's this like, idea, and it's not new, but because TikTok is like the lifeblood of Gen Z and then half of millennials, it's very much like circulating right now as a concept. And it's in all popular videos. And you see it a lot of like, oh, um, you know, like, oh, when my ex broke up with me and then I got high and all the comments, it's really the comments that get me because it's like, yeah, show him what he lost and show him we can't have this, this and that or, you know, her, or him, whoever. And I just have like, I have some issues with it as a concept. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, personally, she's not for me. She is not. And so with that, we will give Wendy her time in the sun and then we'll talk about it. In here, Wendy, you nut. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm, very delicious. <laughs> so Revenge Body is a concept. 
I think we've probably all heard about it. I think, and and I was actually watching um, Southern Charm, a reality show I like today. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls was talking about her wedding body, you know, pre-wedding body. Uh-huh. Um, and she was, one too. yeah, and she was training and she was like, I have to stay in good shape because my fiance is so hot. So it's so important. And I just had like a, like one of those 360 moments where you kind of pause and you're like, imagine being engaged to someone getting married to someone you're planning to spend the rest of your life with this person and you were terrified that if you didn't stay in specific physical condition they'd leave you like to the point that you had to get plastic surgery because you have to be in this specific form for them to love you and and for them to feel that you're worth that you know their equivalent that you're valuable to them um and it makes me think of the same thing like okay so revenge body is a concept you're basically saying the only thing that was missing from our relationship is that i wasn't enough for you physically i wasn't physically attractive enough and so therefore if i change that you will regret your choice or somehow think better of me having left you i just i don't really get like i get the mentality because i've been there done that but i don't really get the mindset around like but what are you actually what are we actually hoping to achieve out of this just that they're like no she looks great ah and they're like screaming out their window like what are we hoping for yeah i i know yeah i mean, I, had, I don't watch southern charms so obviously i don't know what she is um, referring to but i definitely have been the girl who's like oh um my ex works out x times amount a week or my ex at the time my boyfriend at the time oh he works out this many times a week and that means I have to work out this many times a week because if I don't that means that like he will think that we don't have enough in common or this this, and that you know and really it boils down to he or whoever only values um what obviously what you look like you're not ever like not who you are and yeah i agree like i can't imagine being like i'm going to spend my life with someone well you're gonna spend your whole life worried about that that sounds exhausting to me and you know as much as people want to like go into this like pre-baby body craze like your body will change forever post-pregnancy that's just the way it is like it's never going to be the same and that's okay that is natural and normal and like beautiful and we should celebrate that but instead we fear it yeah, I think it's this Hollywood culture and we've talked about it a lot in various forms in previous podcasts. So I hope it feels like a fresh take on this, but like there's only recently been this expectation of women that they would somehow revert back to how they were, you know, very Harry Styles as it was, and that they revert back to this kind of what's considered prime condition, which is your 20s. Um, and, and, you know, have like the same physical form throughout your entire life that you did at 22. Um, and, and that, you know, you kids, kids happen and marriage happens and life change happens, but your body is supposed to basically freeze in time. And, and so, you know, there's tons of beauty products and tons of cosmetic procedures and, and tons of fitness regimens and, and different ways that you can kind of achieve that 22 year old body. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't like, there's no statue from you know the 15th or 16th century that's like there she is at 42 but god her body was banging like (laughs) the body is beautiful but it wasn't this idyllic 22 year old forever young fossilized form it was as it was you know when women sat for paintings they had roles because they were sitting when women were sculpted 
their bodies had, you know, curves that weren't just tits and ass. Like there are different curves on a woman's body besides just those that have been mass marketed and monetized for men. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's so many things like I saw a video, I think I sent it to Emma. All I see is videos now, apparently. Um, but I saw a video and I, I said, I said, I think I sent it to Emma and it was, um, the like curve from your stomach. Um, you know, like the slight curve at the bottom of a woman, some women's stomachs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this video of a guy going the most attractive curve on you. And like, everyone's expecting him to, you know, kind of go sexual. And then he shows a, a woman with a skirt that it's emphasizing that part of her stomach. And this girl at the end goes, what? And like screams into the, <laughs> the phone and like, can't believe it. But like, people don't talk about it, you know, like no one's like, oh, look at how, you know, curvy or muscular her arms are. It's it's not a thing that's said in the media. And so therefore the curves that are associated and, and the, again, the ideal physical specimen is whatever is, is kind of mass appropriated by culture, which is driven from cinema. So it's really just, let's all try to be hot and young forever and, hopefully it works out but like realistically again I, I just don't know what we're getting out of revenge bodies like what revenge are we getting do we want the person back like do we what what are we what are what, what's the win what's the droll what's the dream or goal you know <laughs> well you know my hottest my hottest take is that one um it's unsustainable like i don't care what you did to get your revenge body you can't maintain it because the reason you got it is because you were trying to quote unquote, either get back at someone or, you know, whatever your revenge is. And two, I think what people really want beyond just validation is like, I mean, obviously you want to make that person, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but you want them to regret what they did. Right. Because like, you're so hurt and all you want really, it's not even about what you look like. What you want from them is for them to admit that they did something wrong and they hurt you and you want them to want you and well, you don't want them, I guess. Like, that's how I felt, you know, when I was in these processes, I was like, man, I don't want you back because you like hurt me so badly, but I want you to want me because I'm so angry at like how quickly you like dismissed me. And if you dismissed me, therefore it must be about what I look like. And if I get like, quote unquote, super hot, you know, then you'll want me and I can feel gratified that I no longer want you despite being what you want. Yeah. I just hate that for women. That means you change your physicality. Like for a man that could be, I got a really sick new job. Um, I got, you know, I, I bought a house, you know, something that is tangible, but isn't about their attractiveness physically. Um, and we were talking about this also, actually, um, the propensity of women to kind of change their uh, occupation on dating apps or to to downplay your success and accomplishments in favor of something that's more spiritual, like your pictures, and hoping that that will attract a man or attract a partner instead of, you know, just kind of presenting yourself as you are. Like, I'm a woman in STEM, and so therefore I'm going to put STEM um, on my dating profile. And instead women are putting things like teacher or influencer content creator or whatever. That's what men expect women to have these, like, 
I wouldn't say being a teacher is menial, but you know, they expect them to have soft jobs, you know, and as soon as a woman has a hard job or like a technical job or something like that, that puts them in direct competition with men, it's a problem. And so men, women, I think are like testing this theory. They're like, okay, well, I'm not getting much success on these apps with my like engineering occupation being listed. So I'm going to switch it to being like, I am a waitress. I'm a bartender because basically all, all you're doing is playing into the male expectation of what you should be doing as a woman. And I think revenge body falls under that same category. Like, Oh, you should look like this. And the comments drive me crazy on those videos because they're like, well, why didn't you do that when you were together? Why didn't you just start doing that earlier? You know, maybe he would still want you then. And I'm like, well, would you want someone who only wants you when you're doing that? But either way, either you do it during the relationship or you do it after you're playing into that same trope. So to me, a revenge body is not a win. And it just seems like you're still, and I'm just speaking from experience, you're still hurting and you're still wanting to feel as though like you want, you want that vindication of, of them looking at like how they treated you and admitting that it was wrong for whatever reason. I think the other thing to think about as well is like, you know, I think there is more and more space for women who are thriving on their own. Um, I think there's a lot more in terms of conversation about how, you know, women are doing fine on their own. They don't need to be married by 30. They don't need to be, you know, in this specific um, like homemaker role anymore to have fulfillment. Um, but I think the other end of the spectrum isn't necessarily being talked about as much, wherein a woman is the breadwinner, a woman is doing really well, a woman is, you know, thriving in her career, and she's also married, and she happens to be the one who carries most of the weight for the finances. Um, she happens to be the one who would go back to work, you know, the husband would stay home. I think there's still not as much space for that. And I think, um, or the, you know, the other partner would stay at home and a woman is is the breadwinner. You know what I mean? Where like, that that's still not a wide, like rec a widely recognized good and normal thing it's uh it's still very much a movie trope that like the high power business exec goes into a dinner and avoids talking about what she does um you know like it's it just feels very played out to me and i don't really understand why we're not able to create space for more people why we have to create just specific space like oh there's so much space for you to be like a single empowered woman um but there's no space for you to be an empowered woman in a relationship who is doing arguably better than their partner mm -hmm. and that's not a threat that's not a negative that's not downing the partner it's just you're doing well and that's recognized i am lucky that milk doesn't feel that way and, you know, regardless of where we're each at salary wise, like it's sort of not really relevant. It's just a fact of like what the situation is. It's like, it, it, there's no competition there between us. And I, I am I'm assuming, I know for a fact that it's the same between you and Luke. It's like, okay, well, that's just the way it is, you know? And I can also say that our previous relationships were not like that. And it was always like a leverage thing, you know? So it's about, it's cause it's about the control. Like, well, I control the finances and therefore, you know, I can treat you this way. So. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the other thing, like great example is my husband. So 
he earns significantly less money than I do um, and has done the whole time that we've been together. Um, and not only is it not a thing, but it actually works really well for us because I'm not someone who, once we have kids, wants to stay home. Yeah. Um, I'm not someone who enjoys, um, you know, like the idea of being a full-time parent, the idea of doing not as much in terms of a specific career, but having more of a career in the house and having more of your time dedicated to, to family life. Like that's never been something that's appealed to me. And it's actually one of the reasons I thought I wasn't sure if I wanted to have kids. Mm -hmm. um, but my husband is quite happy to be the one who stays at home. He's quite happy to not be as career focused and to be more family focused. And that gives me space to continue pursuing the career I want. And, yeah. um, and I think, you know, maybe it's my specific perspective, but I don't really hear that in conversation a lot. You know, you kind of hear like, oh, she's doing really well, but her husband is also doing really well. Like you don't necessarily, or like her partner is also like a high power person. Um, you don't necessarily hear like, oh, she's absolutely smashing it and he's staying at home cheering her on. Um, and I think the other thing that kind of bugs me about that as well is there's, there's this implication somehow that like you have the upper hand if you have more money. And I just think it's such a toxic way to think because at least the way that my marriage works and the way that I think marriage is supposed to work, I don't really understand the idea of having like your money and their money in yeah. the grand scheme of things. I think you should definitely do whatever works for you, like have your own accounts or whatever, but like your combined money is your combined money. Like, I think it's kind of a divorce mentality that's like, oh, I'm gonna have everything separate and I'll only transfer money when I have to. And like, I always have my own thing because it keeps you independent, which is healthy, I think, for people who, you know, maybe feel like they need that to feel secure. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, like, is it actually that healthy? Like, what's the fear? Is the fear that you're gonna depend on them and that they're somehow gonna leave you and then all of that depending that you've worked yourself up to is going to break and therefore it's gonna like damage you. You know, are you in the right relationship if that's the case? Like, should you be worried about having, like I have my own bank account. I'm not saying, you know, like put everything in a pot and don't separate anything, like do whatever makes you comfortable. But I just think it's weird to have this idea of like, well, I have more money. So therefore anything the other person does is by my hand. Like it's just a very toxic mindset. Mm -hmm. So if you're that worried about how much money someone's making, is it for the lifestyle that you plan to share together? Or is it because you want them to be at your level? And it's because you want them to effectively have their entire own source of income and have no dependence on you and vice versa. Like what, what's the aim of that? I used to very much be the kind of person, even like when I was leaving New York and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm entering this new like stage of life where I'm making X amount of dollars and this and that. And I was like, I don't want to date outside of my tax bracket. And that's true in New York because men are leeches in America, in my opinion. They just are. That's how I feel about it. Um, but no, my, what I really mean is like, I... I'm finally sort of in a good place financially in my life. And it's like a first for me and it's not always easy, but like it's light years yeah. ahead it was. And I did not relish the idea of um, having to be like, it felt very, how do I say this? 
almost like masculine in a way in a place like New York. Yeah. Be the one that makes more money, you know, and you, because like everyone there is so obsessed with money that it's kind of like, that's just where your mind goes. Um, I don't care in, at this phase of my life. I'm in a place where I'm kind of like, I really don't, honestly, I don't mind. I would love to be the kind of person who can sort of like be a gateway into someone else having financial stability, you know, because it's like, that's what I needed for a long time. And I managed it for myself. And this is not like in reference to milk or anyone in particular, this is just in general. So for me, I guess yeah. the pot thing is better. And maybe like you keep them aside for yourselves, whatever. But to me, it's kind of like, yeah, like here's the accounts we get the bills paid and then like do whatever. Like, I'm not going to monitor. I'm not going to track what you buy or what you purchase. And I would hope that they wouldn't do that to me. So who, whoever has the leg up, so to speak, like who cares? No. So I guess that's where my mind goes to personally. Like I'd rather just what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And I I'm not interested in like part, like partitioning amongst each other, you know? And and I think that kind of can be a closing thought to Revenge Body too. Like, you know, what's the, I keep asking like, what's the aim of it? But what I mean is, are you looking to be in a relationship that is primarily based on your value aesthetically and what, or your lifestyle value? Like, you know, let's, let's say the only reason you need to be hot is because of the places you go. Like it has nothing to do with the specific partner, but you have to dress really well and you have to have the specific, you know, brand of clothing and you have to be in these kind of circles. And like, but is that what you want? Is that, is that what you want to build your life on? Do you want to have to maintain that pace your whole life? Is that fun for you? Like, I just, I would think if you have the desire to get a revenge body, you probably don't want the person who you're trying to get revenge on in the long run. Like you might think you do right now and you might want their attention. I saw something that was like posting a story to see so that my favorite ex will like it on my wedding day. And I'm like, if you're you're thinking about your ex on your wedding day, you probably shouldn't get married. Like Like, you're probably not in a super healthy space. (laughs) I'm, you know, one could say it's not exactly an indication of lifelong love and happiness. That's just me though. You know, do you girl, but no, honestly. (laughs) It's like that audio. That's like, I would never judge. I would never judge. No, no. Whatever works for you, whatever works for you. But, (laughs) but honestly, you know, your friendly neighborhood, Hannah, the therapist, friend would say to you I probably don't think that's an amazing scenario for you to be in um and if you're feeling that pressure like if you're currently in the gym listening to this working on your revenge body um you know if you want to be there for you love that for you love that journey for you do it if you're there for a specific person they probably were never going to be right for you for a myriad of reasons. And one of them is that you're having to inflict pain on your body to get them. <laughs> like it's probably not the relationship for you, babe. And, you know, thoughts and prayers for everybody who's still in the midst of it. It's not easy to climb out of. Um, you know, Emma, you know a lot about like intrusive thoughts and, and kind of 
how that can can kind of keep you down for for months you know so maybe kind of if you want to finish on on that and because it's really easy to be like so don't want it anymore but like <laughs> practically not thinking that way and not yeah yeah not wanting it is not easy um it really comes down to you know asking yourself the hard questions and it's very uncomfortable and I think it's so hard to be everyone talks about how it's hard to be honest with the people I think it's even harder to be honest with yourself and because it it reveals parts of yourself that you don't want to admit like you knew all along were sort of problematic and no one wants to be like the villain of their own story you know so um all I can say is you really have to you will have to work so hard on it to like not fight back because the harder you fight against an intrusive thought the harder it's going to come at you but to like understand that just because you're thinking it doesn't make it a fact or true or valid and that's easy for us to say about intrusive thoughts like what if I just yeeted that baby what what would, what would happen you know like that's something we all experience but then there's kind of like intrusive thoughts about our value and our our potential for success and those are harder to combat I think so it really comes down to having a conversation and also like healing your attraction what are you attracted to because that's what you're attracting you know or if you are you attracted to someone who is in the gym six times a week because it makes you feel validated that they chose someone like you you know that's what my situation was it's like yes I've made it the hot one wants me I did it you know and all I can say is when you heal your attraction and you heal like what's going to be in your sphere, all of the intrusive thoughts and the fears that you had, they might not necessarily go away, but they do not hold the same weight. Yeah. I tell Emma a lot, this metaphor that really helped me and it's thinking of your mind like a river um, and like things that are passing through like different thoughts, like just let them flow by. Like it's up to you how much time you spend polishing that specific rock. Like you can just let it drop and let it float and let it move, or you can really hold on to it and really keep it. And and those intrusive thoughts can become an intrusive lifestyle almost of like this this massive kind of archetype of thinking that you have to break yourself out of over time. And the more that you leave those thoughts unchallenged, the harder that is. So, you know, by no means am I saying like, it's super simple, just quit. Um, I agree with Emma, you know, you have to start with, you have to start day by day, you have to start with small things and you have to take the small wins where you can, like, it's not going to change overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we will always at some point talk about our bodies on this podcast because sadly women's worth, is just tied to that. And that's how we grew up. And that's a lot of our trauma, big and little T. And that's going to be something that, you know, is, is probably a theme of, of contention that we will continue to speak about. I think there is so much more in my life now that makes me happy than what size my jeans are. And I really pray that that happens to a lot of people because it's, it's not liberating in the sense that like nothing happens again and you never think about your body again. But the amount of time that you spend thinking about it does shrink over time. It does. And you get more and more happy with the experiences that you're having instead of the, you know, the did I fit into a specific size and, you know, did I get to buy clothes from this specific store? And, you know, all of that kind of starts to fade in favor of, hey, I'm actually 
going to an amazing dinner or, hey, I'm really enjoying this night out or, hey, I'm, I'm really enjoying this walk or I'm really enjoying this view or, you know, it, you start to think about the things that actually are impactful in your life and the size your clothes are almost never is. Yeah. You know, my last parting thought is that where you are physically, not just mentally and emotionally in life might be having a lot to do with how you're feeling about yourself and the thoughts that you're having. And I think it's worth a conversation with yourself or with someone else, like get a sounding board of, you know, ever since I came to X or Y, Z place, I feel like I've turned into X or Y, Z person. And inherently people will flock to certain locations. And it's a lot of repetition about the kind of people you're going to be around. So in my experience, it's really helped to physically get away from it and get to a place where maybe I am a little more isolated, but I'm realizing that my own company is more enjoyable than most of the people that I was surrounding myself with. And that has changed a lot. And with that, I think we can close here. So I hope you like this slightly shorter episode. Obviously we used to have like an hour, two hour episodes. So we're going to try to keep shorter form content, but still with as much connection as we can include and vibe into it. Um, and we love you guys. Thank you again for your patience. We will probably be once again, asking for your patience again, again, but, uh, with at least two more mea culpa, mea culpas, I say good night. Good luck. And thanks for joining. We love you. I am Hannah. I'm still Emma. Oh, that's the tea.